Department of Social Security Administration. The reason of this call is to inform you that your Social Security number has been suspended for suspicion of illegal activity. If you do not contact us immediately, your account will be deactivated. Welcome to Mouthful. I'm Lori Lynn Barker. Mouthful is a podcast about food, culture, and the makers in the world. On this episode, I sit down with the Better Business Bureau for the greater Denver area and central Colorado. Mouthful is sponsored by CCF Documentation. Let CCF develop your e-learning or instructional video training, from training assessment to course creation and LMS administration. CCF is your one-stop training resource. Check them out at ccfdocumentation.com. It seems like everyone's getting them. And I'm talking about the calls from the Department of Social Security asking you to call them back or your account will be deactivated. What is a person to do? Well, what I did is I contacted the Better Business Bureau. And they're here to tell us what we can do about that. They're also here to talk about how to protect yourself during the holiday season and how to verify charities. Joining me is Ezra Coopersmith, Investigations Coordinator, Megan Compton, Marketing and Communications Manager, and Michelle Hedman, Community Sponsorship Manager for the Better Business Bureau for the Greater Denver Area and Central Colorado. Megan, can you tell me what the Better Business Bureau is? Sure. So the Better Business Bureau is a business-supported nonprofit organization, and our mission is to be the leader in advancing marketplace trust. We have a vision of an ethical marketplace where buyers and sellers trust each other. So ultimately, our goal is to bring consumers and businesses together so that they can go through marketplace interactions in an honest, transparent manner um, and cut down on the amount of unpleasant, I guess for lack of a better term, unpleasant marketplace transactions that a lot of people experience in our growing economy here in Denver. And you have a nice referral program on the Better Business Bureau. Sure. Well, yeah. So you can uh, go to BBB to find really any professional that you need. And so whether it's a painter, or a contractor, a landscaper, a dentist, anything like that, um, go to BBB.org and we've got all of our business profiles there, which has all of the information that you need. So you can look at um, the BBB ratings on the companies, customer reviews, any complaints there may be, as well as all of the information about the business so that you can do your full amount of research before deciding who to hire. And one of the things you suggest to consumers is to go ahead and research a business on your website. Absolutely. We always recommend doing your research on a business before you hire them. Um, This is to make sure that you're going to get the best product or service that you can have um, and that you're going to be doing business with an ethical company and you'll just have that much better of an experience because of that. How does a business become accredited with the BBB? Businesses can become accredited with the Better Business Bureau um, by reaching out to us and seeing if they qualify to become accredited. And all we ask is that you uphold our eight standards for trust. And so really all of that entails just behaving honestly and acting in a transparent, um, ethical manner in our marketplace and just showing that you're doing right by your customers, by your employees, by your stakeholders, all of that. 
And we do also reach out to companies once they come across our pipeline and we see that they are eligible for accreditation, we'll reach out and let them know as well. If people have a complaint against a business, how does that work? How do they file a complaint? So the way that you'll want to go about filing a complaint is going to bbv.org. And from there, it'll walk you straight through the process. But we do need you to do it online. That way everything is in writing and it's coming directly from you so you can fully explain what the interaction was and the resolution that you're requesting from the business. And so we will um, support you through every step and um, prompt you throughout the whole process so that eventually we will reach out to the business on your behalf and try to bring the consumer and the business together to start a conversation and start working on that resolution. And that's how you help the consumer? Exactly. Now, to go on a positive side, people can also leave a good review for a business. Absolutely. So you can go and find um, the business that you've had an interaction with on bbb.org go to their business profile, and from there you can leave a review for them. Whether it was positive, negative, or you know you just want to tell your story or share your experience so that others know what it was, um, we encourage you to go do that. And that way you're helping your fellow consumers know what the business is all about and the kind of service that they provide, but then also giving feedback to the business so that they can continue to work on their best practices. And you have other programs with the BBB that people I don't think are aware of. And one of the things that you offer is people can go online and actually check the credibility of charities. Yes. So we do also accredit charities. And so we have a full online directory of all of our accredited charities. And so they uh, have a slightly different accreditation process. But the way that they become accredited is they fill out basically a very comprehensive application um, to demonstrate that they uphold our 20 standards for charity accountability. Uh, it's a very comprehensive, um, thorough process to become accredited as a charity. But those that do are just so committed to showing that you know you can trust them when you're donating to them, volunteering with them, interacting with them in any way which is so important around the holidays right now, just to show donors that, you know, you can give back to a good cause, but then feel good about where your money's going and where your time's going as well. So this service is really nice to have, especially, like you said, around this time of year. But unfortunately, we the tragedies out there too, people can go on your website and see if this charity that's asking for money is actually accredited. Exactly. So you always want to do your research anytime anyone is soliciting for donations, especially if it's around the holidays or after a tragedy, uh, because people are wanting to help more than ever at that time. And so they want, they're looking for a place to give their money to or to give their time to, um, to help those that are in so much need. But there can be people who will come, you know, with a pop-up charity or something like mm -hmm. that, or some sort of cause that's not guaranteed to have all of the funds actually go towards helping that cause. And we live here in wonderful Colorado, and a lot of times we have weather-related stuff going on, and the BBB would be great to go to to see those people who show up on your doorstep, hey, you need your roof fixed. You should really encourage people to go to the BBB to check those people out too. 
Absolutely. So that is especially salient around hail season. Right. So like April through August, when we get a lot of those bad hail storms here in Denver, we'll see people that'll start knocking on doors and they'll give an offer that's too good to be true, or maybe say that they see some damage on your roof that needs to be fixed that maybe isn't even true. And so you want to make sure that you're getting quotes for multiple companies, doing your research, and be suspicious if someone is soliciting you and coming to you to fix your roof. Right. Because nine times out of ten, it's the other way around. Yeah, on that topic, because we see a lot of, we call them storm chasers, but we see a lot of those businesses with hail damage. The other thing to keep in mind is that often, like if a big hailstorm hits, roofing companies, auto body repair, a lot of the reputable companies are going to be completely booked. So they don't have a need to go out and solicit you. So like Megan said, you have to think, you know, we just got, you know, everyone's roof in the neighborhood is damaged. Why do these people need to come to me to ask me to repair for their business? And then the other thing to keep in mind is that hail damage is something that's visible from the street. So you also have to think when you get approached, is there anything about me that would indicate that I'm in a vulnerable spot. I may be desperate to get someone to fix my roof or get some, you know, my car into a shop. How do they know to target me? And in this case, it's something that's obvious. Another service that the BBB offers is the auto line. Can you tell me about the auto line? So the auto line is a national program. And so that's where we help consumers that have purchased a vehicle um, that is then maybe immediately broken down or something was not delivered that was promised. And so we help assist with informing on whether there's a lemon law that could be in place that can help or um, if there's a complaint that you can file against the business to try to get a resolution about the car you bought that way. Um, But it happens a lot and it can vary from state to state what kind of resolution you can get how soon after purchasing a vehicle. So um, the auto line just really helps consumers walk through that process very specifically just with in the purchase of cars. And that's available on your website, which is BBB.org. BBB.org, yes. And how do they find local BBB offices? So the great thing about BBB.org is that it actually geolocates to wherever you're searching from. So as long as you're in the Denver area, when you're going to BBB.org, it's automatically going to go to the local website with all of our local information right there. And the BBB also offers a military line. Can you tell me about that? Sure. So the military line is also a national program. And so that exists to support military, their families, and veterans through all of the financial journeys that they go on. So not only can the military be uh, more susceptible to scam targeting, but, um, you know, a lot of times they they need more assistance, too, with just knowing how to balance their finances. One of the ways that we look at it is that people in the, mili- in the military, especially young people who have enlisted, you know, maybe right out of high school, are all of a sudden earning a salary. But that's probably, you know, they're doing that for the first time and they probably don't have the financial education that a lot of adults in that position might have. So the military line is a a partnership with the Department of Defense, but it essentially provides free financial education to service members who are often in the position of, you know, making a salary for the first time, especially if you're young and you just enlisted. 
but maybe not having that same financial experience that older people would have. You also have to keep in mind that often people in the military are particularly susceptible to a lot of the scams that just target consumers. Like if you're moving, you know, moving scams are huge. If you say that you're a member of a military family and you're looking for like a work from home position, employment scams often target those people. So there are just a whole range of issues that military personnel and their families are particularly susceptible to. And they often, at the same time, are in a place where they don't have that same experience with their finances. You're listening to Mouthful, and I'm Lori Lynn Barker. I'm here with Ezra, Megan, and Michelle from the Better Business Bureau. For more information, please visit bbb.org. Well, you're here to talk about scams. Yes, I am. And let's talk about some holiday scams. Uh, One of the first ones I'd like to talk about is probably the job scams out here, Mm. out there, which I had never heard of. Yeah, job scams are huge. And actually, so earlier we had talked about you know, what we would consider the the worst scam. And worst isn't really an empirical term, but when we analyze our, our scam tracker data, so all the, the scam reports that we collect each year, we look at a measure called a risk. So the question we ask is, what is the riskiest scam? And that takes into account a few different factors. So there's, I guess you could call it reach. So how many people is a given scam reaching? Is it you know, a scammer who is finding four victims and is contacting them, you know, over a month and is trying to get a big payout? Or is it a phishing email that's hitting, you know, a million different people? Then there's susceptibility. So what percentage of people who are actually contacted by the scam are giving money? Is this, you know, do 50% of the people targeted end up giving money to the scam? Or is it something where like one in a thousand end up losing money? And then finally, there's the actual monetary loss. So is this a scam? for $10 or is it for $10,000? And with all of those factors combined, we try to identify the riskiest scam. And earlier I had mentioned online retail, which is the most common scam reported. And it's, it's huge during the holiday season, of course, because everyone's buying gifts. But actually the riskiest scam last year, that was, or those were employment scams. And part of the reason for that is that there are huge losses involved and actually Beyond what what we measure when calculating risk, you know, not only do you lose money, but you often lose a bunch of personal information that can be used to steal your identity. Plus, you lose a bunch of time because often these scams involve working for a period of time, thinking you're going to get paid, and then turns out you don't. They also tend to ramp up during the holidays because people are looking for side gigs. People are looking for ways to earn extra cash. People are often under a lot more financial pressure because they're, they're trying to a positive holiday experience that could be expensive. Employment scams are huge during the holidays and they can take a few different forms. Okay, a big one that we see is what we call a reshipping scam. And this one is scary because you're not just working for a period of time and then not getting paid, you're actually unknowingly helping a criminal organization. So what these are, are they're essentially work from home positions Often they're part-time and the salary is incredible. Work at your own hours. Yeah, work your own hours. Don't even, you know, barely have to leave your house. And the positions are usually kind of generic, but they're like, you know, quality supervisor or terms like that. And what the person ends up doing, and it's all dressed up, so they think they're doing a more complicated job. 
But what the person essentially is doing is receiving packages in the mail and reshipping them. And the reason a scammer wants them to do this is that those goods are almost always purchased by criminal organizations uh, with stolen information, stolen credit card information. And the, the victim of this employment scam is actually helping to move those products to make them harder to trace. So obviously, if you're a person who's in that position, you've, you know, you're working for maybe a few weeks thinking you're going to get paid and you're not paid. You've given this scammer who you think is your employer all of your personal information, which they can then sell to somebody who's you know, going to steal your identity. And then on top of that, you're actually liable. We hardly ever, I don't think we've ever actually heard of somebody being formally charged, but you are committing a crime. So those are really scary scams. Plus, they're just devastating because chances are if you are in a position to fall for an employment scam, you're in a position where you need a job and you think you've gotten one and you've maybe stopped your job search. And then all of a sudden you realize, like, hey, the, you know, this been, has been a month. I'm not going to get paid. I'm now worried about being in legal jeopardy. My identity might get stolen. It's the holidays. So those are awful. Another employment scam that we've been seeing a lot of, and these tend to target college kids, actually, are scams that rely on fake checks, which are an entire other method of scamming people. But how that usually works is you think you've you know scored a job. Part of that job involves an upfront expense. So some examples might be like you think you're going to be a nanny for a family and you need to buy a stroller. Or you get a job like wrapping your car with a company's advertisement and you need to pay to actually get the wrap done. And what the scammers tell you is, hey, we're going to send you a check. We want you to go you know cash that check and then use the funds to take them to our guy who's going to, you know, in return, send you that stroller or wrap your car. And what happens is it turns out that check is counterfeit. And so when you cash it, those funds show up in your account. You send them off to somebody that, you know, you don't know is in on the scam, but they are. And then eventually when the check bounces, you're out all of those funds. So essentially the scammers have tricked you into sending money that you think you have to them and they're the ones who end up getting that money you're out that entire deficit well i find it amazing that they put so much time into thinking about about these scams you know like if i do yeah. this and i do this and i do this and i do this it's like really wow i just amazing how much time they put into it yeah they're they're really sophisticated and you know they're constantly adapting so one of the things that we're now seeing are that a lot of um a lot of scams essentially involve two parts where on the one hand you have, I, I guess, I don't even know what you'd call it. The person A who is, is being scammed out of their money and then the payments are funneled through person B who is an entirely other individual who's also a scam victim who like thinks that they are doing a job and in reality it's an employment scam or thinks that they're helping a love interest that they met online and really it's a, it's a, a romance scam. And using those methods, scammers can disguise the payments. And that's just one example. But these are really sophisticated people who know how to use the internet and maybe even more so know how to manipulate people psychologically. What are some of the red flags that people can look for? For scams in general? So oh, for No, for the job scams. Oh, Like, so, hey, make $100 a minute. or. So the red flags that are specific to a job scam 
are, I guess, pretty obvious. You know, if it's a job that you haven't applied for and they contact you, if the the pay is too good to be true given like the responsibilities and the job requirements, if the application process is just a breeze. <laughs> yeah, if it's just good, you have a name. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, if it doesn't involve any sort of in-person right process. or resume or the problem is yeah what where it gets tricky is it's easy to say you know sitting in the studio that those red flags should be obvious but the more universal red flags are that scammers really know how to manipulate people and and that's almost more important to know than individually how each type of scam works and so what you want to understand is that when somebody is trying to scam you they're they're not trying to trick you by like introducing this this new complex method of scamming that you haven't heard of and then you're going to turn around and go oh my god they got me i would have never you know thought of this method it's that they want to get you into this heightened emotional state where you want to act on it so either they're going to threaten you so that you are really anxious and want to just end that anxiety by doing whatever the scam would necessitate or they want to get you really excited. So you think that there's this enormous prize or payout and you are blind to some of the red flags. Or even with, you know, some of the charity scams that we were talking about, they're, they're playing on people's empathy. Where, you know, why would you ever, you know, you're donating to help hurricane victims. Why would you be a jerk and doubt that it's a real right. organization? You just Stuff don't like, like that. people. Or... Yeah. And then you also see that they tend to target people who are perfectly situated to fall for those scams. So if it's a job scam, you know, if you've been out of work for a while and you really need a job, who are you to doubt the fact that it's a real employer when you need this job? Mm -hmm. Of course you should, but if you're in that position, it's hard. Right, when you're hard. desperate. Yeah, or even, you know, with romance scams, often if you're really lonely and you finally found somebody who shows interest in you and is talking to you online, why, why would you doubt that if, if it seems genuine? Stuff like that. But often those are the red flags. And what we tell people is you should run it by a third party. So a trusted relative or an organization like the BBB, because those are going to be the people who are most likely to help you, you know, not be scammed. And to get more information on scams and see what's out there, they can go to your website, which is BBB.org. And it's the holidays now, as we all know. Mm -hmm. I'd like to talk about some holiday-related things that the BBB can help with. If you could give us some tips when purchasing gift cards, what to look for, if what's a red flag, don't buy this. Just give us some tips on purchasing gift cards. Sure. So, okay, well, first of all, if you're buying the gift cards as, as payment for something, that should be a red flag because often gift cards are used as a method of payment for fraud because they're harder to track once you send it off, it's gone. Oh, okay. But if <laughs> you're buying sense. a gift card as a gift, mm -hmm. um, I, the number one thing is to make sure that the card itself hasn't been tampered with. So, you know, opt for one that's stored like behind a, a store counter or in a, a protected case. If it's if it's one of those gift cards, and these are less common now, but they're, they're just like on a piece of cardboard and anyone right. can peel back the card mm -hmm. and steal the information, you should probably avoid those ones because it's more likely that Somebody could have tampered with it. Someone could have stolen the information. And then once you either, you know, if you've gifted the card, tell this to the person who you're giving it to, or if you're using it for your own use, you want to do this, but you can track the funds. So make sure that no one else is spending your gift card. 
And that's really easy to do. Usually you can just do it online once you redeem the card. But you just want to make sure that no one else is spending your gift card. What about when people are out actually buying stuff or tangible stuff, as I like to say? What should people look for for return policies? You just want to understand what the return policy is. Um, and that can get trickier around the holidays because you see lots of sales and deals and other promotions. So you want to understand, you know, what the terms are for return, if there's a, a window of time when you're allowed to return a product and if that works for you. Um, you just want to know what you're buying and what the rules are so that you're not caught in a position where you were banking on, say, being able to exchange a shirt that you gifted for one in a different size and it turns out that you can't so the the gift is useless stuff like that you just want to make sure that you know what you're buying and you read the fine print because a lot of the the complaints that we get at the bbb after the holiday seasons are along those lines from from people who didn't quite understand the terms of their purchase and what kind of stinks about that situation is sometimes you're just out of luck if it's if if you didn't read the fine print, unfortunately, there's not a lot you can do. And don't yell at the clerk because it wasn't their no, fault. No, do not yell at the clerk. <laughs> they, the, the person... They're just doing their job. Yeah, working at the counter is just doing their job, and they did not create the corporate policy. One thing that I always tell people to look for, too, is look at the return policy the day that you buy it. So last week was Black Friday. Mm -hmm. And so you go out, you buy all your gifts for certain people. Look at that return policy because a lot of times at this time of year, retailers shorten their return policy dates. So it's like, well, you have seven days to return this. Absolutely. And so make sure when you purchase something from now to the end of the year, look at that return policy. Especially if it's a, an item that you've been eyeing for a while, knowing that you're probably going to buy it as a gift, but you haven't you know, looked at the terms in the last week. That's a really good point. One of the things I really, really want to talk about is the social security scam that everybody's getting. Tell people what it is, what they can do, what to look for. The social security scams going around are pretty straightforward, but usually involve either a, a real person call or a robo call, essentially telling you that something is wrong with your social security and the aim of the scam is to get you to give them your social security number or other information. The Social Security Administration is never going to call you and demand this information of you. Or turn your account off. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's not a thing. Yeah, that's not um, a thing. And even if it, even if it were a thing, let's, let's say that that was a thing that actually happened. What you can do to verify whether or not the call is legitimate is... You can you can say okay you know I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up I'm gonna call the social security office and find out if this is real it's not going to me but that's a way that you you can be confident that that your social security is not in any danger and I don't know if you can help people with this but a lot of times these scammers are out there and they get a hold of your phone number and mm. they go out and they start scamming people with it. Like, say, the, the you want a cruise or even the Social Security. How can people protect themselves from that? Or if it happens to them, how do they unwind it? Uh, there's actually a website. It's spoof.com, and that's where people can go on and spoof a phone number. Um, they can go on there and create a voice. They can go on there and, 
you know, put any number in that they want to call and make it look like yours and make it a male voice, a female voice, whatever they want to do. And I think there's resources on that website where you can go in and report that something is fraudulent. It was set up to be a joke website. You know, go spoof your friends and make it sound like their mom's calling them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's taken off into something ugly. So it can it can go um, completely awry that way. But you, I think there's a resource on there that you can contact them and then they can direct you to help okay. unwind that. Tell me about the grandparents scam. Yeah, so uh, the grandparents scam is a, is a, a pretty straightforward one, but essentially it involves... Uh, scammers calling victims who who tend to be elderly, um, essentially making up a story for why they need to send money to help a friend or family member. So the, kind of the stereotypical story is um, they call the person and say, your grandchild, or, or they might even impersonate that person. So they'll say, hey, it's your grandchild, and I was you know, traveling abroad and I got arrested and I need money for you to bail me out. Or I was driving and I got into a car accident and I need money immediately, you know, to help resolve the situation. Or Um, he's in jail. I've seen that one. Yeah, exactly. Being in jail and needing to get bailed out Mm -hmm. is a big one. Part of the reason these can be so effective is that now with social media, scammers can see for a lot of people real details about their life and so they can make the story more believable so instead of just saying hi i am your grandchild they might know obviously the person's name but like nicknames that they go by they might know what school they go to they might know if they were traveling where they're traveling they might know who their friends are so again this is independent of of just the scam itself where you shouldn't send money to someone you don't know it's also you know a warning that you should all be careful about what we post on social media and what we make public because that information can then be used to either scam us or scam people around us. And again, scammers are really sophisticated. This is the question for Megan. Now, if people feel they've been scammed, what are the steps they can do? So if you think that you've come across a scam, um, whether you know, you've just been solicited by it and didn't take any action or where you, whether you've actually lost money, uh, you can go to BBB.org and go to our scam tracker tool. And so it's a really cool, unique tool uh, to BBB. And there you can not only go and view all of the trending scams in our area and view information on them, but then you can also report a scam yourself. Um, that way you not only let BBB know, but then you're also letting other people who go and visit that page know as well. Michelle, what are the benefits of a business using the Better Business Bureau? Well, one of the big benefits that they have is that we are a resource. So we're a resource for what I do, which is helping them build marketing plans. So, and that's not... Um, just to purchase advertising from us. But if they have questions on advertising, if they have questions, because the digital world and advertising is so complex now, and there's just so much there. And, you know, we deal with a lot of mid-sized businesses that might not have a director of marketing or somebody that can set up those, those, um, those programs. So they can call us and just ask questions like, what is an impression? What is, what are these, you know, what is this kind of digital program? What does OTT mean? What do these things mean? Because I'm getting approached to buy it. And they can figure that out too at that point. And if I don't know the answers, then 
what I do is I'll get them the answers because one of the awesome things that I get to do is to go around and meet all the media outlets out there, you know, working with iHeartRadio, working with TV stations. And so I can help find those answers. But beyond just that, too, we can be a resource to if a business is having a challenge with a consumer, they can ask questions. If a business, uh, you know, wants to do more networking, they can call us and, you know, how do we connect with other businesses? So there's just a lot of different things that we can that we can connect them to. We do a lot of really cool events that can help that business, too. We have a lunch and learn called Boost where we'll bring on different topics that are pretty neat so that businesses can go on and and um, come to, to, to BBB, our BBB location, and do a lunch and learn and, you know, hear about safety and hear about, you know, OSHA things and hear about even marketing and financials and in all those different areas, too. And we also have a pretty cool safety program, too, that we do uh, through the BBB.org that's uh, done through Pinnacle. That's amazing because I think a lot of people just look at BBB and go, oh, that's the people you complain to. Right. You know, <laughs> you know it, it, that's very well said. And that's, you know, we're 107 years old. So that's what it's always been. But the truth of the matter is, is we are evolving as fast as we can so that we can absolutely help take these businesses to the next level, which is the super cool part of it. You know, we, we've got so many resources between our multitude of programs that we have in our organization. You know, if you have a question, if one of our accredited businesses has a question, ask us because we will help you find it. We'll get you there. So there's tons of cool stuff and we could do a hundred podcasts and talk about each one of them, but it's, you know, there's a lot there that we can do and just, you know, reach out to your local Better Business Bureau and you can get all that information on there too. Well, there you have it. There are so many programs that we didn't even cover in this interview that I would suggest that you go to the website to find out more about. I'd like to thank Ezra, Megan, and Michelle from the Better Business Bureau for joining me today. For more information, visit their website, bbb.org. Mouthful is sponsored by CCF Documentation. Whether you want to train your employees or teach your customers how to properly use your equipment or product, or you're wanting to market your expertise to the world, online training is fast becoming one of the most sought-after forms of training in the business world today. Providing flexibility as well as consistency, e-learning will get your new hires or customers trained faster and with less resources. At CCF Documentation, we provide customized e-learning solutions geared to proactively and efficiently train your employees or customers with measurable training outcomes. To maximize your training effectiveness, contact CCF Documentation at ccfdocumentation.com. If you have any questions or you'd like to be a guest on Mouthful, feel free to contact me at mouthfulthepodcast at gmail.com. I am also available on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. You can also look under my name, Lori Lynn Barker, under all of those social media platforms. With Mouthful, I'm Lori Lynn Barker, and as always, stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs>